0: and amen hallelujah god's good to us i want to continue with this tonight we'll go to genesis 15. i want to continue with this uh, a covenant of blood and uh i was talking to my wife and and i believe we'll be on this most of the year uh this this is what changed my life and Very often, especially in our circles, you know, people will hear the word covenant. And, you know, covenant can mean something different to a person, but it doesn't mean it means the right thing. A covenant mindset is crucial. And uh, there, there are four things that you have to remember. And number one, it always starts off with you are a spirit. I am a spirit first Thessalonians 5 and 23 and uh, he said uh, he said I pray God that your whole spirit soul and body would be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ you are a spirit you are designed to be ruled by things of the spirit your life is designed to be ruled by the spirit to be led by the spirit uh, the book of Proverbs says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord Search you know the inward parts of the belly. So that means that the Holy Spirit deals directly with your spirit. You are a spirit. Number two, you have a covenant. You have a covenant. You are a spirit. You have a covenant. Say that out loud. I have a covenant. Number three. The Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. The Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. In the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats. In the New Testament, the blood of the crucified Lamb Christ. The better sacrifice. But yet it was sealed with blood on one end and sealed with blood on the other end. The Bible is truth because it's God's covenant with man I've had people make statements like, well you know the Bible's true to you but not to me well it's true whether it's true to you or not because God swore in covenant blood it's it's true whether you believe it or not See the Bible's not true because you believe it it's true because it's true. Healing is not true because you believe in it. It's true because God said it was true. So the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. And the fourth thing, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. A covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. What you believe about God can be measured by your expectation from Him. Now, this is important because because God is God, but your your expectation can be measured. What you believe about Him can be measured by your expectation. There are people that believe in God but expect nothing from Him. So they don't believe anything about him. And there are people that believe God will do bad things. So that's what they expect. Both of those mindsets are not a covenant mindset. God has bound himself to certain things. And he cannot be any different. God is blood bound to treat all of us the same way. It's up to me through my faith or obedience as to whether he treats me that way or not. For instance, just take salvation, for instance. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a blood sworn statement. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Period. Period. I don't care what they've done, I don't care how bad they've been, I don't care where they were raised, what they knew or didn't know, you call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. That's a blood sworn statement. It's the same for everybody. Why are there people that are not saved? Why are there people that were that go to church but aren't saved? They will not, by faith and obedience, enter into the covenant. Amen. When you get a covenant mindset, everything becomes simpler. Because it's a covenant that God initiated. People will say, well, this person entered into covenant with God. No, that's wrong. God entered into covenant. This is so vital. So Genesis 15. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And verse 17. And it came to pass. We read this before. When the sun went down and it was dark, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between those pieces. In the same day, notice the Lord, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. And he said, under your seed I've given this land from the river of Egypt under the great river, the river Euphrates. So God made a covenant with Abram. Abram was not looking for God when he was in Ur of the Chaldees. Abram was not looking for God. God appeared to Abram and said, Leave your family, leave your kinfolk, and go to a land that I will show you, and here's what I'll do. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Yes, now, now notice, God's saying, this is what I will do. You do this, and this is what I will do. God entered into a covenant with Abram. He was the initiator of it. A covenant silences all doubt. It closes the book. In Hebrews 6, you'll remember it starts off and it says around verse 13, it says, because God could swear by no greater He swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you. I will make your seed as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore in multitude. Is that right? They that bless you, I'll bless. Them that curse you, I will curse. And the Bible says Abraham believed God. But Hebrews says this. It says, where men are concerned, that when a greater one swears, it's an end to all strife. Well, in that same chapter, God said, because I could swear by no greater, I swore this by myself. That ends the issue. The greater one has promised. If the greater one has promised, that's it. That's the covenant mindset. And the context there is that God looked for someone greater and could find no one greater. And in, in Genesis uh, 22, when uh, Abraham offered Isaac, God said, "God said, now I know that you believe me. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And it said, he could swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. God swore by, he sevened himself. That's what the phrase means. He sevened himself. Seven times the context is that he swore to Abraham. God painted himself in a corner. There's no way out of this. I've made this covenant. Do you understand that? I've done this. I've swore by myself. I didn't swear on anything temporal. I didn't make a promise on anything that's temporary. I promised on myself. This is what I'll do for you. Do, Do you see this? And that ends, that settles the issue. The covenant closes the book. Amen. That's why the covenant, I said this Wednesday night, that's why to Abraham the covenant was stronger than death. God came to him in that that chapter in Genesis, and he said, take now your son, your only son. Now see, this was so important because of the covenant mindset. To, to, To a father at the time of Abraham, the most important thing to them was that their son succeed. If God would have asked Abraham to give his life, it would have meant far less to Abraham than when He asked him to give his son. Because the son is the future. The son is what carries on the lineage. Yes, sir. And God came to Abraham as His covenant friend and said, I need your son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And with a covenant mindset, Abraham, one translation says, Abraham immediately went to do what God asked him to do. Why? Hebrews tells us that Abraham accounted that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. See, the covenant mindset is this. If you're asking me for something, I don't need to see the evidence that you're going to reciprocate. I just know we're in covenant. And if you're asking for my son, you've got to be willing to give him back to me. And if that means you got to raise him from the dead, that's what you'll do. But you said in Isaac my seed would be called. You said the covenant was with him. So I'm going to go to the mountain and I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. And because I'm in covenant with you, this covenant is stronger than death. People say God would have raised him from the dead. The covenant would have raised him from the dead. God had sworn this boy is who your seed's going to be called after. This one. Remember, Abram said, Oh, that Ishmael would live before you. And God said, I'll bless Ishmael. I'll make a great nation of him. But in Isaac, your seed will be called. That's who the covenant's with. Hallelujah. You have a covenant with God, and it's stronger than anything that you face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's stronger than anything God could ask you to give Him. When God asks you for something, it's already built into the covenant that that thing plus is coming back to you. It's it's built in, It, it doesn't have to be stated. God never told Abraham, if you sacrifice Isaac, I'll raise him from the dead. Abraham knew about covenant, and it was built in there. If you said, in Isaac, my seed will be called, and you're asking me to sacrifice Isaac, then you must be prepared to do whatever it takes to give him back to me. See, the focus very often... Is that God needed Abraham's son to get his son into the earth. And he did. And that's a vital truth. But look at the covenant mindset. What caused Jesus to become a man and come to the earth? And people say his love for people, that's absolutely true. But there was a covenant. There was an eternal covenant. There was an everlasting covenant between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God said, if you will go and you will be the sacrifice and you'll give your life, you're going to die and you're going to go into hell itself, but I will raise you from the dead. I have a covenant. Jesus went to the cross with a covenant between Him and God. I'm going to do this and you're going to raise me on the third day. That's why the book of Psalm chapter uh, uh, 22 begins to tell us that in the belly of hell, Jesus began to worship God and Jesus began to praise God and thank God for His deliverance. Why? I've got a covenant. I don't know what time on the third day I'm coming out, but I'm coming out because there's a covenant between me and God. Yeah. Yes sir. Glory to God. Shh. Come on. Come on Glory God. to God. God initiated this. The onus is on God. The responsibility's on God. You have the easiest part. Faith and obedience. Now think about that. Brother Hagen used to say this. He would say people call me a man of great faith. He said, well, it's easy to be a man of great faith when you have a God that can't fail. I mean, think about that. You have a covenant that's irrevocable. See, my covenant mindset has to be, that's what changed my life. That's what changed my perspective. Was, wait a minute, I'm not just born again, I'm not just going to heaven I have a covenant with God. And what He has promised will without fail happen. And God made the covenant. God is so sure of His ability to do what He said that He will initiate the contact with you. No, listen, nobody in here initiated the contact with God to get saved. Nobody. The Bible says the Spirit drew you. I have script, I have Bible, no man cometh unto the Father if the Spirit doesn't draw him. Isn't that what the Bible says? So God reached out to you. God touched your heart. Why? Because God wanted a relationship with you. And 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 he 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 held up his end of the agreement. You call on the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved. Well, now now fill in the rest of the benefit package. All of that's covered in the in the covenant too. Do, do you understand that? You got to apply that to every part of your life. Why do you know you're saved? Because I did what the Bible says. Okay, there, the, it's the covenant. You did what the covenant provision said for you to do, and you got what the covenant provision said you could have. Abraham, when God said, I want you to get up out of your family's land, he went and left. When God said, I need you to give me your son, he immediately gave him his son. It was faith and obedience, and faith and obedience in the covenant. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. It was God's idea. It was God's plan. God was the initiator. Abram's part was faith and obedience. Our part in the covenant is faith and obedience. That's why the Bible says things. And we quote them. And sometimes they're quoted without a covenant mindset. If you can believe. All things are possible. Why? If I believe I got a covenant. With God, covenant God, nothing will be impossible. So why do people pray like something's impossible? You you understand that? People will go to God, oh Lord, Lord, if you don't do something. Why would you go to your covenant partner like that? This is life changing. When, when. Boy, I want to step down there, but the camera's at the wrong angle. But here's, here's the point. It's just better. It's, it's better up here. The, 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 the quality's better. And I like standing on a nice rug. But when God came to Abram, he didn't say, oh, Abram, you know, I'm going to have a problem in a few years. i got to get my son into the earth somehow. I'd appreciate it if you'd give me your son. I know it's hard, right? Nope. Covenant partner, I need your son. Give me your son. A covenant arrangement is this. If I'm in covenant with James Alexander, what's mine is his, what's his is mine. If James comes to me and says, I can't meet my bills, I need you to pay my my bills, my job, there's no question. Here you go. What do you need? There's a covenant there. That may be an oversimplification, but read, read the word with a covenant mindset. My God shall supply all of your need. According to His riches. Wait a minute. Who's the greater? He's the greater. Who's got the greater riches? He's got the greater riches. What is the promise made based on? His riches in glory. Not mine. His. Because He's the covenant partner. That's why He can ask you for something. And you can sow a seed that's seemingly small and insignificant. And your covenant partner will meet your need. From something that wasn't big enough to meet your need. But he said, in a blood sworn oath, if you give, I'll give it back to you, but I'll give it back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you give it to me, I'll multiply it and give it back to you. Yes, sir. I'll multiply your seed sown. Mmm, yes, my Lord. As long as Abram was obedient and acted in faith, the covenant would stand. God is incapable of breaking covenant. Why well, knew so-and-so? You don't know anybody God broke covenant with. You don't know that person. See, because to do that, he would have to change, he would have to break his word. And what's behind the covenant is the throne. If God's word is not dependable, he's not dependable. Are you with me? God's incapable of breaking covenant. He cannot change. He cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 says, uh, 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 in, in, in hope of eternal salvation, which God that cannot lie promised. Right? So how do I know I'm going to heaven when I die? Because God promised. And he cannot lie. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. I, I am the Lord and I change not. I don't change. James 1.17 says, God in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. There's no variableness in God. He's not happy one day and mad the next day. He's not doing good today and doing bad tomorrow. There's no variableness. God is not like a thermostat. He's not variable. God is the same every day. And that's why when you approach Him the same way all the time, you get the results that you need all the time. Because it's this covenant mindset. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Look at Genesis 17, verse 1. Am I helping you at all? Genesis 17 verse 1, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and appeared to Abram and said, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. I want you to see this, God called the covenant, my covenant. Nine times in this one chapter, God said, my covenant, my covenant, my covenant when he dealt with the children of Israel all through the book of Exodus, he would say, my covenant. I remembered my covenant because of my covenant. See, this covenant with Abraham, the Bible calls it an eternal covenant. It's eternal. The, The reason why you're saved is because God made an eternal covenant that the Gentiles would be brought into faith through one of the seed of Abraham. It's the basis of our relationship with God. And he said, this is my covenant. Notice, I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Now, see, this is the mindset. And we talked about this earlier when Abraham went. Now, he had help. Very often we say Abraham defeated five kings. He had help. The Bible says there were some Amorites that were friends of Abraham, Aner, and his other two brothers. They went and helped him. But yet, Abraham did the the bulk of the fighting with 300 and some odd trained servants. Why, Why would he go after a force that was much larger than his? He knew something they didn't know. God had made him a promise. And right, and they defeated them and got all the spoil and brought it back. And the king of Sodom, you remember what he said? He said, give me the people, you take all the stuff. What did Abraham say? He said, nope, I have raised my hand to God. What, what's that mean? I'm in covenant with God. And I won't take a shoelace from you. So you can't say you made Abram rich. Think about that. Do do you see what I'm saying? You don't compromise the covenant for what a man says. You don't compromise your standing with your covenant partner because somebody promises you something. It's my covenant partner. That makes me rich. Do you understand that? Not my job. Not my investments. Not my shrewdness. I violate covenant when I think that way. Because he said, when you come into the land that I promised you, don't you say, my might and the might of my hand and my, my prowess has gotten me all these things. He said, you remember the Lord your God because it's He that gives you the power to get wealth that He may establish the covenant. I don't care how smart you are, how much training you have, how much you have under your belt, you are not smart enough to do it on your own. When you know you're in covenant with God, that makes up the difference. I remember I worked with a young man in the industry that I was in before I went into the full-time ministry. And this young man was very well-off from a very well-to-do family. And he was just working at this job because his family wanted him to have a work ethic. He didn't need to work. They were very wealthy, very rich. And at this time, I was, uh, I was walking about a mile to the bus stop every morning and riding the bus. To work, and uh, we, we only had one car, and and uh, it wasn't anything to write home about. And uh, but uh, here here's the point, is uh, I I was I was working up there, and me and this young man began to work together quite a bit, and and uh, I would make some decisions and and help him, and and one day he looked at me and he said, uh, "Where did you graduate college from?" I said, "I didn't graduate college." He said, you're kidding me. You're lying. I said, I wouldn't lie to you. He said, nobody knows what you know without having some kind of higher education. The covenant will make you look like a genius. I'm I'm not belittling education, but I'm saying this. When you put it first... The blessings follow it. I'm in covenant with God. You understand? That settles the issue. That makes up the difference. If if a person is competing for a position with a covenant man that knows his covenant, they might as well just go home. The covenant man's getting it. Now see, right, right there is where we go on tilt. Because we're used to looking at everybody else's qualifications. Well, they know more. They have more. They have more education. That has nothing to do with the covenant. That makes up the difference. That, remember, that closes the book. What did he say? I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Notice what he didn't say. If you go to college... If you have all the accolades, if you have everything in line, I'll bless you. No, he said, I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great. Those that bless you, what did he say? I'll bless them. But if they choose to curse you, they'll be cursed. Is that right? Covenant covenant language. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I, I remember, uh, I was, uh, I was working there and, and what had actually happened was I had, uh, I had had an opportunity with another company and I took that opportunity and, and, uh, I probably should have sought the Lord a little more about it, but, uh, it wasn't what it was supposed to be and, and they wouldn't change. And so, uh, I thought, well, Lord, you know, I've, I've got to do something different. Maybe I missed it here, but I, so I called the place back where I had been working and, uh. Uh, I talked to the young lady that was the unit manager. And she said, it's funny that you would call. She said, we were just talking about you. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, we have created a position that we believe you'd be perfect for. You said, what'd you say? I said, I, I believed I would be too. It's like they were, the, DJ was talking to me and Brother Larry tonight about how he they'd had a, a, a talent contest at his job. And he said he entered it. And uh, Pastor Larry looked at him and said, "Uh, did you win? DJ goes, yeah, I won. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like Lily. She she knows her covenant. I was I was talking to Pastor Michelle one day and 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 and, uh, I was talking to her about some financial things. And I said, well, uh," I said, "Uh, let, let me give you this. And I was giving her some cash and. And, uh, you know, for different things and just blessing her. And Lily comes in the kitchen. She goes, I'll take 50. <laughs> well, you're my dad. But here's here's the point. So they, 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 they created this position. Well, I walked in, took this position. Well, in the process of times, you know, when you're a covenant person, things like integrity and honor, they mean something. And it bothers you when people don't have it. If you can hang around people with no integrity and be okay, I wonder about you. I got quiet. My pastor used to say it this way. He said, when somebody I trust becomes intimate with somebody I distrust, it changes my perspective of them. I've known people that could hang around liars and be okay with it and just kind of laugh at it. You can't laugh at a lie. God hates lying. And covenant people hate it. Because it's a breaking of the covenant. A lie breaks the covenant. That's why God said, I cannot lie. I need you to know I can't lie. And so I, I, I started hanging around. You know, I was working up there. And, and uh, one day we kind of had a conflict. Me and the boss and the unit manager. And we came to a place of integrity. And uh, there were no way around it. You were lying. (laughs) The the, the boss asked me, said, well, what's your problem? Why do you have have a problem with this? I said, because you're a liar. Because you're lying. You're telling people you'll do things and you're not doing it. That's a lie. Oh, I thought she was going to come across the desk on me. But I went back out, and and I was talking to the unit manager. And the unit manager looked at me and said, well, you know, we could fire you. You know, it was a righteous indignation. I thought, here I stand with the covenant with God Almighty. You come in here most weekends smelling like Jose Cuervo. Been up all night. She came in one time, and they had to take her to the women's room and clean her up. Scrub her, literally scrub her. She had been out all weekend. and And here I am, honoring God with my finances and my time and my job. And I looked at her and I said, You didn't give me this job, and you can't take it. You didn't hire me, and you can't fire me. That was the covenant talking. Amen. Mark it down. It's built in the covenant. If they want to be successful, they need to help you. Period. Amen. Glory to God. Well, not the unit manager. The other lady is two weeks later. I had her job. If you say, would well, you think God got that woman fired? Absolutely. Why? They violated the covenant. They violated the covenant. It's built in. Oh, God's not running around firing people. No, but if they come against a covenant person, they will come out on the bad end. There's only one end of the stick for you and me. It's the long end of the stick. We don't come in on the short end of the stick. But see, that's got to be your mindset. That covenant mindset was so strong in me that there used to be a little German guy that worked up there, Daniel Van Meter. And he was constantly coming to me every every couple weeks. Oh, Philip, they say, you know, words coming down. They're going to close us down. And finally, I looked at him one day and I said, Daniel, I need this job right now. And I said, as long as I need a job, this place will be open. He just kind of looked at me and said, I know you don't understand it, but don't worry about it. As long as I'm here, you'll have a job. The Lord spoke to me and said, February 22nd, 1999 is the last day on your job. So I stepped into the full-time ministry, February 22nd, 1999. I went back to get my vacation check two weeks later, walked in the walked through security. Was going to, the, to get my check. Daniel came down the aisle. Came down the hallway. And he looked at me and said. Well you were right. I said well what about what? About what? He said uh, just a week after you left or so. Therefore he said the word came down. We're closing. He said you were right. I, I was right. Where you're at. What you're doing. You're not successful there. Just because of your hard work. And because you're just such a good employee. You're successful because you've got a covenant with God. And there are things that happen to you that don't just happen. They happen because you have a covenant with God Almighty that He initiated. And He won't change. I said He won't change. Now look at Genesis 12. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And whenever I go in to make decisions, I, that's I—that's how I make the decisions. Now, Lord, I'm a covenant man going in here to talk about this. I, I, I have the best partner in the world. You. I can't lose. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house. To the land I will show you, Make a, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make, you will be a blessing. Make your name great. I will bless them that bless you. Curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had said unto him. There's no mention of covenant in these verses, but we see God making a promise to make Abram a great nation. To bless him and make his name great. So God wants to make your name great. Proverbs 31 says that the the virtuous woman's husband is known in the gates of the city. He's in authority. He's in a place of rulership. God wants to make your name great. You say, what's my part of that? Don't take the name that God wants to make great and associate it with people that don't care. Amen. Abraham was not a covenant partner to God to Lot. He was just Uncle Abraham. Somebody you can get in strife with. I can't afford to get in strife with you because you have a covenant with God as well. And when I get in strife, I put myself on the bad end of that covenant. Yeah, but you're saved. Doesn't matter. If I make it hard for you, I put myself on the wrong end of the covenant. And that's why the Bible tells you and I to love each other and care for each other and walk and forgive one another. Amen. See, that that was the thing. Glory to God. God. He said he would bless him, make his name great. He said he would bless them that bless Abram and curse them that curse Abram. And this will happen because God said it as long as Abram is willing to obey. God said it. Abram has to obey it. Amen. Verse 4. The answer is found in the first statement. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. This is what I want you to do. Abram departed. If Abram doesn't leave his homeland, he would not have placed himself in a position for God to make a covenant with him. If, if, if If he doesn't leave his homeland, he's never found in Canaan. If he's not found in Canaan, there's no covenant. If there's no covenant, we would have never heard of Abram. What made Abram great was the covenant, not Abram. You know about Abram because of the covenant. And because of the obedience to the covenant. There there are people in the Bible that you know about them because of their obedience. To what God said. And for no other reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, Genesis 17. There's a lot here. Verse 3. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, again he says, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name be any more Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. The, the, the covenant is what calls things that be not as though they were. I can call things that be not as though they were because I have a covenant that says what I am supposed to be. That makes sense? I have a covenant that says I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. So therefore, I can call myself blessed based on the covenant, not based on what I see. The covenant says I'm blessed. I can call myself healed because the covenant says that God is the God that heals me. So the covenant is what gives me the right to call things that be not as though they were. Because Abraham, Abraham entered into a God entered into a covenant with him and God said as the initiator of the covenant, he initiated the covenant two chapters previous and when he entered into the covenant with him. God was the greater, God can call the shots. So the greater of the covenant partners comes to his covenant friend and says, okay, covenant friend, here's what I've done. I've made you the father of many nations. Now, if you just believe that, I can't lie. You get that? That's what gives me the right to call things that be not as though they were. Because I have a covenant with God. If God said it. It's in the covenant. It's bound and backed by blood. I can say what is bound and backed by blood. I can say whatever God said. And call it mine. Because God's my covenant partner. Who said I can't change. And what I've said about you. I've said about you. And nothing will change it. Wow. Wow. So the next time you call yourself blessed and it looks like you're having a challenge, it's the covenant that you're enacting. It's the covenant that you're acting on. And God, watch, God is honor-bound to show up. Whew. My Lord. Amen. That's, that's why he said, he said to the prophet, he said, nothing can stop my covenant from working. He said, here's the extreme. He said, Jeremiah, if you can stop the tide from coming in and going out, if you can stop the sun from setting and the moon from rising, then you can stop my covenant from working. Well, you know both those things are impossible. But what is impossible to man, God did. He reversed the rotation of the earth. To make the sun stand still. And to make the sundial go 10 degrees backwards. That's the God that's in covenant with you. I'll just leave it right there with that. That's impossible. That violates every known law of physics. How did God reverse the rotation of the earth and not kill everybody? Everybody. because he created it. Yeah. He knows how to work it. Yeah. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Yeah. Do you see this? Yeah. And so when it looks impossible I'm de- I'm in covenant with a God that looks at the impossible as mediocre. He doesn't think it's anything for a virgin to have a child. He doesn't think it's any big thing that iron swims. Is that right? Where did it fall? Right over there. Prophet put a stick in the water and the iron swam. Iron doesn't swim when you have a covenant with God, it does. The laws of physics are subject to change because of your your covenant. How do I know my youth will be renewed as the eagles? Because I have a covenant with God that said my youth would be renewed as the eagles. How do I know that God gives power to the faint? And to them that have no strength, He increases their might. Because He can't lie. He's a covenant God. He can't lie. Can't lie. Man, do do you see this? Your financial issues are nothing when you come to understand that God, you you are in covenant with God who the Bible says has all the silver and all the gold. That said in his word, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Because I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Is that right? And my daddy used saying, there's a tater on every hill. So you get steak and potatoes. Now I know that's not the Bible, but, but think about that. Why would he say that? That's your covenant mindset. If it in when he was speaking that, if you had cattle that would cover a thousand hills, you were wealthy, and he's saying, Don't you worry about it because you're in covenant with me and I own it all. Mm. Notice here, Genesis 17, he said. Verse 7, I will establish, here's that word again, my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and to your seed after you. So notice God said it's an everlasting covenant between him and Abraham and between him and Abraham's seed. Abraham's God is my God. I am the seed of Abraham. I have this same promise. Amen. Notice Galatians 3. Galatians 3. Verse 16. Amen. I just don't know how this is going to go. My way. It's going to go my way. I win. Right? Right? That's it. Galatians 3 and 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say to seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed, which is Christ. So to Abraham and his seed, not seeds. There wasn't a promise to the Israelites and a promise to us. We are Abraham's seed. The promises were made to his seed. David Ingalls used to sing that old song. I am the seed of Abraham. His anointing is on me. I'm the seed of Abraham. I have the same everlasting covenant God made with Abraham. Mm. Glory. Look at verse 6 of that same chapter. Galatians 3, 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, know therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Hmm. Notice what Abraham's part was. Notice what our part is. Faith and obedience. We are of faith. We have Abraham's faith. He is the father of our faith. We're blessed with faithful Abraham. Blessed with what? The covenant. The same blessing on Abraham is on me. Oh, glory. Look, 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 look back at Genesis. We're, We're going to a lot of scripture, but that's okay. We'll just read enough scripture to choke the devil. Verse 9, God said to Abraham, you shall keep, here it is again, my covenant, therefore you and your seed after you in their generations. So notice, it's my responsibility to keep the covenant. God cannot break covenant. I have to keep it. God can't break it. He's honor bound to keep it. Now that changes everything. God cannot break His covenant. Let's take a very elementary verse. Whatever your hands touch will be blessed. God can't break that. That cannot be wrong. That cannot fail to happen. Well, you know, I know Listen, don't tell me your experience. A man with the Word trumps a man with experience every time. I don't care what experience you've had. The Word's right. Because that's the book, that's covenant. It's believing the covenant. Whatever I touch will be blessed. When I go in there in that department, it's going to thrive. When they give me that job, I'm going to succeed. Yeah, but everybody else has failed. Yeah, but everybody else didn't have a covenant. Or if they did, they didn't work on it. Never get upset about somebody working their covenant rights more than you do. God's no respecter of persons. That's that's in the Bible for a reason. If he did it for me because I believe the covenant, he'll do it for you because you believe the covenant. End of discussion. I say end of discussion. When I read this verse, when I read this verse where he said you keep the covenant that's it okay my job is faith and obedience so I had to learn that all those years ago almost 30 years ago now I, I had to learn my part is faith and obedience and i took that to heart god made abram rich god made philip rich amen hallelujah i've i've had i've had people ask me i, I went through one stretch number of years i didn't take a raise from the church i didn't, i didn't take a raise and god just kept blessing well god didn't say the covenant will work and you'll be blessed as long as you get a raise one day of favor is worth a thousand years of labor god can do more for you in one day than your job can do for you in 5 years they can give you every raise and every bonus and God can do more for you in a moment than they can do in five years. Yes, Why? Because everything's at His disposal if you will believe. The laws of nature can be changed if I will believe it. What did He say? He said the heart of the King is in the Lord's hand. Amen. So what it says? And he said, he turns it wherever he wants. What do you got to do? Believe that. Yeah, that that, that guy don't like me. Doesn't matter. He doesn't have to like you to bend to the covenant. Oh, hallelujah. Do, Do you see that? If God's got to have an angel talk to him. Look, I got proof. Abraham went down and Abimelech took Sarah into his harem. The seed, the the, the line was going to be defiled by a heathen king. And God showed up because of the covenant. And said, you're a dead man. What? How would you like to wake up that way? You are but a dead man. And Abimelech answered right. He said, in the integrity of my heart, I did this thing. But what had God promised Abraham? I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I'm going to protect you. If God's got to wake somebody up and tell them to give you a raise or a bonus or bless you, if God's got to do it, he'll do it because of the covenant you have. I'm not at the mercy of what people think. And neither are you. I say neither are you. Now I'm hurrying here. Look at verse 15. And God said to Abram, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah will be her name. And I will bless her and give you a son of her. I will bless her and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now, I'm saying this because God said the covenant heir would come through Sarah. And all Abraham had to do was believe what God said. I'm going to repeat this a lot while I'm teaching on this. God cannot lie. There's blood between us and God. Covenant blood. He can't lie. Can't. Now, most Christians won't say God will lie. Or can lie. But they'll make statements like, well, I don't understand why God hadn't. And I've been given, and it isn't working. Well, you just said God lied. Well, no, I didn't. I'm just saying, no, you're just saying God lied. Don't ever accuse your covenant partner of not doing what he said he would do. That's a violation of covenant. I I I I am making a weighty statement when I say God didn't do what he promised. A weighty statement. I may not understand something, but I cannot say God didn't do something. It gets a little quiet when you say that. But I pay, I've had people say, well, I don't understand why God hadn't blessed me. What do you mean? Well, I'm doing what he said. And he had, now wait a minute, whoa, wait, wait a minute. That's real close to saying God lied. And the covenant says he can't. So I got to believe somebody, and it's not you. I got to believe God. Right? <laughs> let, 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 let me hurry here now. Genesis 18 and verse 10. And he said, I'll certainly return to you according to the time of life. Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah heard it in the tent door that was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken with age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. The covenant is not affected by the apparent impossibilities that you're dealing with. And I want you to notice how God just keeps piling it on. The Holy Spirit just keeps piling this on. He lets us know that Abraham was too old to father a child. Sarah had always been barren. And now she's went through menopause. And she's not able naturally to have a child anymore. But yet God says you're going to be the father. And you're going to be the mother. Because I said. The covenant is not affected by the apparent impossibilities that you're dealing with. Well, my child's just not listening to God. That's funny. God said he would. So what, what's your job? Agree with the covenant. My children are listening to God. My children are paying attention. My children will come again from the land of the enemy. There is hope in my latter end, says God. I will rejoice with my children. Amen. One, one of my children will come. My children are going to call themselves by the name of God. And that's my covenant right. Amen. The the terrible will be taken captive, but God will contend with them that contend with me and he will save my children. That's what the covenant says. It says, though hand, though hand be in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. And I will bring your children from the land of the enemy. What the Bible says. It's what the covenant says. So you don't go to bed one more night worrying about your children because the covenant said they're coming home. I'm I'm, I'm trying to get done here. Look at at Genesis 21 and verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Hmm. Now here's what I don't want you to read that as. Some amazing thing. Covenant people are not amazed when God does what He said. We're blessed. We're excited. We're joyful. But it doesn't amaze us. Because our covenant friend promised. I've had people, God, do something good for them. They'll go, can you believe it? I can. I can. I can believe that God did what He promised. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, just try that out right now. Say, from now on, I will not be amazed when God keeps His covenant. The Lord visited Sarah as He had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. Now, notice it says that twice in one verse. He did what He said and what He had spoken. What has God said to you? And what has God spoken to you? You have the same covenant Sarah had. God will do to you what he said. Period. That settles the issue. That, that settles. See, right, close the book. That settles the issue. God said it. Right? Mm. Abraham and Sarah believed God. And judged him Faithful. And the power of the covenant was realized because they believed God and judged him faithful. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 8, then uh, verse 11, verse 17, verse 19. It says that Abraham, Sarah judged him faithful. And the context there is that God, God had to rejuvenate her body. The covenant was stronger than menopause. The covenant was stronger than barrenness. The covenant was stronger than impotence in Abraham's body. Do you see that? And the Bible says she that was past age had a child and he that couldn't father children did. And the covenant so rejuvenated Abraham's body, he had six more children. Hallelujah. You understand? So if that can happen because of the covenant, take whatever you're believing God for and put it up against that. And I promise you, that doesn't look impossible. The common denominator is the covenant. Yeah, but they said this will never happen. Yeah, but you got a covenant. Well, he said, I don't qualify. Yeah, but you got a covenant. You understand that? You got a covenant. I said, you got a covenant. That qualifies me. It overqualifies me, actually. The last scripture, we read it the other night, Psalm 89, 34. God said, my covenant will I not break, and I won't alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. I won't. now, Now, notice these things. God says, I won't break my covenant, and I will not alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. God talks in covenant language. Cov- Why do you think Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no? That's covenant language. Either you are or you're not. You will or you won't. Covenant language is not, well, you know, I think so. That's not covenant language. That's chicken language. You, you got to be bold to say no or Yes. Well, are you healed? Yes, bless God, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Right? Well, I don't know. You know, I'm believing God. That's not covenant language. You are, you're not. Amen. I mean, ladies, you want your husband to react that way? Some pretty little girl comes up to him in the mall and says, hey, are you married? Well, is that what you want? No, you're in covenant. You want him to say loud and proud, yes, I'm married. Bless God. Why? Because I'm in covenant. If he if he beats around the bush and piddlefoots around, there's going to be a problem. You are married. I'll show you how married you are. Amen. You want a, a strong yes. Ladies, you ought to be amen and me. You want a strong yes. God wants a strong yes out of you. Are you blessed going in and coming out? Yes, I am in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but everything's falling apart. Yeah, but that doesn't change the covenant. He said, I won't break my covenant and I won't alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth. I won't do it. I won't do it. He won't. That's the language God uses. And Jesus said, when you're asked a question, say yes or say no. Amen. I used to tell people all, all the time, they, they, I'd say, well, uh, you know, I'll see you tonight. And they'd say, well, I'm going to try. They're not coming. Don't look for them. Not coming. Why? Because Because that's a way of not saying no, but meaning no. And then think about this. If you didn't really try, you lied. This is covenant language. I I had to train myself this way. I had to look at it this way. If I told you I was going to be somewhere at 7 o'clock and I showed up at 7.05, I lied to you. You say, well, that's no big deal. Well, only if you you want to keep not believing what you say. Hey, brother, I'll be there at 7. Show up at 7.10. Well, what happened? Well, you know, I was just running late. Well, you don't believe what you said. Because you told me you'd be there at 7. Well, I did my best. But did you do your best? Maybe you had a flat tire, got stuck in traffic. I understand that. But, you know, there are people that are just perpetually late. You can count on it. They're going to be late. You can set your clock five minutes late by them. They're just, that's just how it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not running anybody down. But I'm saying, you're going to have a hard, that person is going to have a hard time receiving from God because they don't believe what they say. And if you don't believe what you say, you'll never believe what God says. I got, I got to believe that what I say matters. Amen i got to believe that what I say matters. I've had people before say, yeah, Pastor, I'll help you. I'll I'll show up and and we'll get that done. And I'm I'm waiting. Well, I meant to be there, but now wait a minute. You lied to me. Well, but yeah, but something come up. Yeah, but you told me you would be here. And a covenant person, what's the Bible say? He will swear to his own hurt, but he won't repent. If I told you I'm going to be there, whatever comes up, unless it's life or death, I'm going to tell them, I promised Brother Ron I would be at his house to help him. I can't help you right now. I'll help you after I help him. Because, Because it's important to keep my word to him because I'm going to need to go to my covenant partner and ask him to keep his word to me. But if I'm not keeping my word to you, I have no right to go to God and ask Him to keep His word to me. Because I'm demanding something of Him that I won't demand of myself. That's, co- that's covenant language. And that's what, that's what so radically changed my life. It, there, there became a standard. Right? Your yes is yes and your no is no. There's there's no room for lying in the covenant. I've told men over the years, you know, I mean, if your wife asks you a question, you walk in the house and she said, where have you been? There's only only two options. Tell the truth or say nothing. And saying nothing won't work. You got to tell the truth. Why? Because you're in covenant. What breaks the covenant of marriage? A lie. A lie. It breaks the covenant. If you lie to your spouse, you've broken the covenant. Now, but I can't, I can't bear to tell him the truth. You've got to. You don't have a choice. You don't have an option. God can salvage what you'll be truthful about, but he can't help what you lie about. If you lie about it, he can't help you. If you tell the truth, he'll salvage it. Whew. See, that's what changed my life. That's what turned me from and also ran To a victor. God had to fix me first. Right? You 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 can't promise things and not do it. You can't say you'll do something and not do it and then expect the word of God to work for you. Amen. If you sign on the dotted line at your job and it says you're supposed to show up at seven o'clock every morning, don't you show up at seven oh five. And expect to get raises and bonuses and benefits, sales and commissions. And expect the favor of God to be on you on that job. When you're breaking covenant with your employer. You signed a contract that said you'd be there at 7 and you'd work till 4. That means you work till 4. It doesn't mean you get your stuff together at 3.30 and sit there and pick your teeth for 30 minutes. You work till 4 o'clock. But that'll put me late getting home. You have a covenant that says you work from 7 to 4. You work. You work. From seven to four. So that changes. That changes. the And God. The Bible says. That's the kind of man. That God blesses. And that's hard. That's hard. I, I, can I tell you one last story. And we'll be done. I was with a brother. And. And. Uh, and. Uh, he's still with the ministry. And. Matter of fact. He'll be here. It's brother Jim. I'll just tell on him. I'd tell. I'd, I'd tell this if he was here. Just to see him squirm. But. Uh he used to come pick me up to go to prison ministry and uh at the 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 area that i was living in there it's it's, it's a place in Lanexa, kansas 87th street and they were developing that and they were developing a, a a four-lane system and and you come up and and right there it's easier it was easier just to flip a u-turn and go back the other way because the highway was behind us if you didn't flip a u-turn You had to turn right at the light and go into a parking lot and turn around and then come back out. Well, we came up there one day and he said, uh, and and, and so he got in the turning lane right there. They were developing this place over here and he got in the turning lane and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to make a U-turn. I said, not with me in the car, you're not. He said, why? I said, because it says no U-turn. He just looked at me. Like, well, there's nobody around. There's no cops around. Yeah, but it says no U-turn. Right? And when you signed up for your license, you said you would obey the ordinances of the land. The Lord had to get on me about that. Because, you know, traveling 316 miles, you can do it in five and a half hours if you break all kind of Caesar law. If you go 85, you'll make it in five and a half hours. You know, they did up the speed limit between here and there to 75. But here's my point. The Lord had to talk to me about that. You can't expect me to be honest with you if you're not going to be honest with me. And so it says, no, u turn. Well, I won't go to hell for a U-turn. Yeah, but what do you understand the covenant mindset? What else will you do if nobody's looking? Well, the light's red. We can turn. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and turn right. But it says no turn on red. See, it's how far do you want to go with it? What, what, what do you want God to do? And, and that, that eliminates words out of your vocabulary. Well, are you coming overnight? Well, maybe. Yes or no. I was talking with an employee not too long ago. Nobody in here. I have employees in here. Nobody in here. I, it was on a Zoom call. And I was saying, I was saying uh, so what about this and what about that? And I got a lot of him hawing. I said, so what's the answer? No. Because I was asking, is, is, is anybody take care of this? Well, you know, they said and they said, and I said, wait a minute. So nobody did anything. You're telling me the answer is no. Well, yeah, then just tell me no. You did or you didn't? You are or you're not. You can or you can't. That's covenant language. And then when you go to God, you can expect the same response. That's why if you miss it, you just go to your covenant partner and you say, I blew it. I blew it. I sinned. I failed. I missed it. You didn't make a mistake. You didn't have a failure. You blew it. You you sinned. You messed up. You missed the mark. And you know what your covenant partner said he would do? Forgive you. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And act like it never existed. Oh, isn't that good? Stand on your feet tonight. Hallelujah. I got to remind myself of these things at times. There's things God won't do for me and can't do for me. If I I won't just be faithful and, and, and obey what he's asking of me. Oh, isn't God good? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're coming up. Coming up. Coming up. Amen. Well, keep us in your prayers. Of course, we'll be at the minister's conference next week, so we're excited about what God's going to say to us. Uh, Brother James Alexander will be ministering Wednesday, and uh, Pastor Larry will be doing Healing School Tuesday. Minister King will be leading prayer Monday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm glad we got a lot of good ministers around here. Amen. Pastor Ron, Pastor Larry, Minister King, Reverend Alexander. Amen. Hallelujah. We even get Mary in there helping out. Praise God. So God's good to us. Amen. And, of course, we'll be back together next Sunday uh, for uh, uh, another good message on If You Will Believe. I think it's part five, and then we'll be talking about the covenant Sunday night. Amen. Amen. Well, come on, say it with me. The vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.